This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, everybody. I am Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder today. Tom is here as you would expect and hope for. So we're here to have you covered for the next couple of hours on CBS Sports Radio and on all of these great affiliates. Again, you can call us at any time, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. The uh, NBA, I think, is in a good spot right now, at least as of, I don't know, 6 o'clock Eastern last night. NBA was in a pretty good spot. They did this thing called the in-season tournament, and a lot of people are very excited about how it went. The television ratings for the final were pretty good. Outside of the playoffs or any of the Christmas Day games, it was the highest I don't even want to say regular season. It wasn't a regular season game, but it was the highest it was the highest game that they have produced or played or what have you in six years. I mean, people watch this game. Now there's still some debate about did it get the attention of the non eighty two a night NBA kind of fans? I think for people that enjoy the NBA, we were into it, right? The comparison that I've used is 82 nights a year, we eat pizza, and pizza's very, very good, and we can eat it 82 nights a year. The pizza, in this analogy, is code for the basketball games we watch. But maybe sometimes we overcook a pizza. Maybe sometimes, you know, it's not whatever. But it's all it's the same pizza every night. It's a cheese pizza. We eat a cheese pizza 82 games a year. But this in-season tournament gave us games that were meat lover's pizza, Stuffed crust pizza, Hawaiian pizza, if that's your flavor, uh, crazy pizza that you get, like, it's a it's an ice cream pizza. That kind of counts weirdly. So it was like that. Now, did other people come and sit down and eat pizza with us? I'm not sure. If we, if we like the NBA already, we were in on the tournament. If we don't really watch the NBA in October and November, did you come in and get in on the tournament? I don't know the exact numbers or breakdown of that. But I think from the NBA standpoint, they're feeling good. Okay. They put together this tournament. They're getting a lot of attention. There's more to talk about. They're more in the, let's say the zeitgeist than they normally would be in late November and early December. This is NFL time. This is college football playoff time. This is MLB hot stove time. This isn't really like, 
Pacers at Nuggets time, even though, you know, those are respectable teams. This isn't really like Wednesday night Cavs at Knicks time. It's it's just, it's not. But the NBA has found a way to get itself kind of more attention, more praise, more pats on the back, more good job, NBA. Good job. You figured it out. Um, Then there was last night. So there was a slate of games Monday. Hey, all right, regular season's back. That's good. Back to cheese pizza. Then there was last night, where if I'm gonna really go with this pizza analogy, I mean, you, 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 it's it's still in the fridge. We didn't we didn't cook it right. Uh, the delivery came late. It came half eaten from the delivery guy. You know, sometimes delivery guys will get a little hungry too. It's a tough job. Uh, hey, I, I've been in a DoorDash car a time or two. You know, you get you, you see that food there. I've never done that, but you think about it. You, you think about it for a minute. Oh, that's a good toasted sub. Ooh, I could just drive away. I could just drive off to Albuquerque and no one would ever know. You get a little tempted. But last night, last, so last night, the main two stories last night. Well, here, I've got a great uh, summation of it. I've got The Athletic, which I do subscribe to. Um, they do a good job every day of putting out a daily email to kind of summarize what has happened in all of sports and they keep it very concise. And there's a nice little blurb about what happened yesterday in the NBA. So let me tell you uh, top story. Draymond ejected for a wild punch. They've got a, like a gif of the punch. All right. So J- Draymond is battling Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic on the Suns. And he, like, is moving his arms and moving his arms around and just swings an arm and essentially clocks Nurkic. And Nurkic goes down. This is, like, this is more for a wrestling match, a boxing match. This is this is a punch by all accounts. So that's the top story. They're telling you the top story is a punch. Uh, they editorialize a little bit in this email. It's hard to defend him. He's been ejected three times in 23 games. So there's that. Then the next story is, what's going on with the NBA refs? This ejection was clearly earned, unlike Nikola Jokic. He was ejected last night. Nikola Jokic in Chicago on Serbian Heritage Night didn't like a call, had an exchange with a ref verbally, play ended, and then he was ejected. So the two stories, it's summed up very well. Kudos to The Athletic. It's one of the reasons I subscribe. They sum up very well, hey, here's the big news that you missed last night if you went to sleep early or if you didn't catch it, whatever. The big news in the NBA is Draymond punched a guy and Jokic got ejected. All right? I also get an email because I I love the NBA. I love the NBA, and I watch the NBA a lot. I do watch a lot of of out-of-market games for myself. I, I, I was watching Lakers Mavs last night. I was watching that game. Neither team is my team, but I'm watching the game. I love the NBA. I'm glad it's back. Maybe I am feeling a little more excited because of the in-season tournament. The games last night, uh, Uncle Bart got a little tired and needed to go to bed. So I missed these games. I woke up to, I actually woke up to uh, multiple texts about Draymond from people, whether it was threads or whatever. They're like, Draymond's done, Draymond's done. So I was so eager to see what he had uh, done. And I didn't look right away. I like 
kind of made it suspenseful for myself because it was really exciting. I was like, oh, what did he do this time? Um, and then I'll, I'll get to the punch in a minute. Because Draymond, Draymond, he did, this was a punch. But Draymond, he is, he's better at being Draymond than anyone else could ever be, if that makes sense. Nobody else could be Draymond Green like he is Draymond Green. I think I mean that as a compliment, but I'll explain in a minute. So I, I read all these texts, and I see everything that has happened, and that's, like, obviously the big news. The NBA also sends me a daily email. You can sign up for that free of charge. You don't have to subscribe to anything. Uh, and here's their top five stories. Wednesday morning must-see, story number one, Luca versus LeBron. All right. Uh, then it also says, the Warriors did everything they could to stop the party in Phoenix. Steph with a ludicrous bank shot and a runaway three. Kaminga throwing down a dunk off the CP3 lob. And they link to these plays. You can check them out. But it wasn't enough to spoil Bradley Beal's return. And and I keep reading. I keep reading. Okay. Conductor Luca too much for Lakers. All right. Suns win game with new look backcourt. Okay. Still, there's no mention of Draymond in here. Then they blurb every other game. And there is a little tiny blurb about Nuggets Bulls. And it says, next man up. Denver entered the game without Jamal Murray, ankle, and lost Nikola Jokic late in the second quarter. Parentheses, ejection, but still got the road win. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna self cover your league, first of all, there's not a single mention of Draymond in this email. And I, you know, I don't just want to harp on an email all day, but there's not a single mention. the The league, the league is like, please, nobody, please, I hope nobody saw this. And then the Jokic thing is just quietly ejection. And I do tie the two together, even though they're separate stories, because it was just overall it was a bad night for the league. The league's been on this sort of high with the in-season tournament. Uh, the league's been feeling pretty good. There's a lot of stars in this league. There's a lot of good storylines. Whether we want to talk about the in-season tournament aspect of it or not, uh, the NBA has provided some interesting content. The Orlando Magic are having a season that is very impressive to start. The Minnesota Timberwolves right now are the number one seed in the West. The Thunder are the number two. The Mavs maybe have figured out the Luka Kyrie thing. All right? And then there's the Clippers who trade for James Harden and struggle, and now they can't lose. There's the Milwaukee Bucks who have two great superstars, and there's a lot of weird reports coming out like, is it working? Is there a coaching problem? There's just a lot of meat on this bone. There's a lot to digest. And there's a lot of storylines. There's a lot of reasons every day to wake up, get in front of a microphone, open up your phone to text a buddy, turn on your TV, and talk NBA. There's just a lot going on. And a lot of it's good. And so when you have a guy throw a wild punch... And when you have a, a guy get ejected for verbally saying something in the second quarter, I think maybe as the league you do try to bury that, but you can't you can't like that's part of what happened. It's it's part of what happened. So very interesting uh way. Just it, 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 it's a bigger story about how do you choose to get your news? Hmm? How do you choose to get your news? They're covering it up. This is a this is a cover up from the NBA. I'm gonna have harsh words for this league that I love. 
The Draymond Green story is one that I think is going to be more animated in terms of the discussion around. Look, the Jokic thing, Jokic got ejected. That is garbage. He got ejected early in a game. One, it's Serbian Heritage Night in Chicago. They always, if you have a guy from a country, I mean, every time Giannis is on the road, it's Greek Heritage Night. Why not? Giannis is here. Let's let's have a Heritage Night. Let's, you know, celebrate his culture. Let's celebrate the culture of some of our fans. Let's also sell tickets for that game. But why why wouldn't you do it? You're not going to have Greek Heritage Night when they play, like, the Utah Jazz. No, Giannis is here in town. Do a Greek Heritage Night. Nikola Jokic is here in Chicago. The one time a year he gets here. Do a Serbian Heritage Night. So there's a lot of people that come to see him specifically, and refs just think they can boot the guy out right away. It's weird. That is weird. Nobody likes it. It's weird. I don't understand it. Jokic was kind of joking about it afterwards, but it's it's garbage. It's BS. It's 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 dumb, and it's a problem not just with the NBA refs because a lot of these guys, you know, you're on that court, you see what's going on with uh, Chris Paul and Scott Foster, and it's like years of just like a bitter rivalry where then Scott Foster has the power and can eject Chris Paul whenever he wants. Like where, where are the, how, how come with all these refs and umpires and officials, where's the next generation? It's just like, we're stuck with these guys. Like, yeah, Scott Foster's on the finals again. Everyone agrees. He's bad. Well, here's your 12th finals assignment. Where does nobody, does nobody go to ref school MLB? It's like, do you see what Angel Hernandez did this time? Angel Hernandez has been doing this for 30 years. Where where are the kids that want to grow up and take over? What, what's going on here? Is this like the last batch of officials that we get and we just get them forever? Is it like the Supreme Court? You're on for life? What's going on? Where are the new guys? So that's the Jokic thing. The Draymond Green thing is interesting because Draymond Green does have a problem. And when I say nobody could be better than Draymond than Draymond, Draymond's had a very good career. I think Draymond is a Hall of Famer. I hate to uh, spoil that party for a lot of people. Will some of this stuff keep him out? I don't think it will. Draymond Green was a second-round pick out of Michigan State that went into a organization that had a great like foundation that was building something. He didn't need to be a superstar. He could fit exactly into this role, and the role that he could fit in was the exact role that they needed. He didn't have to be the second scorer or third or fourth or fifth or some night sixth or seventh. He has to be an enforcer. He's got to clean up the glass. He's got to dish assist. He's got to be a motivational guy. He's got to help recruit his buddy KD over. Like Draymond going to the Warriors was the best case scenario for Draymond Green's career. It worked out it worked out brilliantly. Draymond could have gone to other teams and had success, maybe been an all-star. Maybe he goes to the other teams, he flames out in three years. I don't know. The situation that he got into with Golden State, there's no better situation that he could have ever been in. That was a perfect basketball situation. He has got to stop with whatever he's doing. Three ejections now in 23 games. It's a history of ejections and suspensions. He's been suspended five times in his career, three times in the last calendar year. He exceeded a technical foul limit, which was a buildup. That was in March. Uh, in April, he stepped on DeMontis Sabonis. Remember that? 
And then in November, he choked, essentially, Rudy Gobert, where he just like, I was at I was at the time I think with Tom I was joking that he just what's the big deal he put him he's giving him a noogie like in like in school because you know because that's the thing with Draymond he does these things and it's 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 not like to the to the trained eye we we look at this video of Draymond it looks like he wound up for a punch and we look at this video of him stepping on Sabonis and you can say you can say if you're Draymond you can argue. Oh, I didn't see him there, and I didn't mean like they're they're always. He didn't go up and straight clock this guy and punch him in the face. He twirled his arms, and then one of his arms just happened to turn into a fist, and then hit Nurkic in the face. So of course that's always the way that Draymond can talk about it. Here's Draymond explaining what he did after the game. My intentions were just to sell the file, and he was. As you can see, as I'm posting up, he's moving forward. So as I'm moving back, he's still coming forward. And um, like I said, it's unfortunate. I didn't. I, again, I apologize to Nurkic uh, because I I hit him. So I do apologize to him, because, and I didn't intend to hit him. So I think you guys have known me long enough. If I intended to do something, I'm not apologizing for it. Um, but I did make contact with him, so I apologize because it wasn't my intention. And he can say that, and he can believe that, but at some point, things build up here. It's like if you go to work and are late, all right, that's excusable. That happens. But then, like, what if you're late twice in a week? Then you're like, okay, guy. And then you're not late for a while, then you're late again, and there's another excuse. And eventually, you're late so many times that it's like, this is a this is a repetitive problem. There's something happening here that is that is a problem. And you can come up with all the excuses in the book, but at some point you're just you're just habitually you're going to be known as late. And Draymond, like, there's so many of these instances where you're going to be known as a guy who can't control his emotions, who might be a dirty player. And I haven't even mentioned the Jordan Poole thing yet, where they got into a fight in a practice, which eventually was so like degrading for the team, it ruined their season. Everyone was unhappy for a full year. This guy, you know, a lot of these guys retire and they don't know what's next, right? A lot of these guys retire and uh, they don't know what's next and it's hard for them to walk away. Draymond's career has been tailor-made for him for years. He does part-time work with TNT and Turner. He is being basically like molded to be the the guy who's going to replace Charles Barkley. And he's good at that. But you stack up too much of this. I mean, at some point, they're going to have to run away and distance themselves. And at some point, the Warriors are going to have to run away and distance themselves. This is a team that is probably not going to win a title anymore with this group. Bob Myers was the GM. He didn't want to He didn't want to tear it down, so he got out. He's on TV, getting made fun of by Charles Barkley. And now you're seeing it kind of fall apart here. They bring in Chris Paul as like a... I don't know, the TV show after eight years is struggling. Let's bring in a guest star and see if we can boost the ratings back up kind of deal. But this is, at some point, at some point, it's too much. And I don't know what's going to be the fallout. I would expect certainly a suspension. Whatever uh, Draymond wants to say, I would suspect the suspension's coming. And then I don't know how much longer the Warriors want to, like, keep this up. Because it's one thing... It's one thing when this is happening 
like in the NBA Finals, you accidentally kick LeBron in the groin or whatever. Okay, but you're in the NBA Finals, and you're very good, and we need you, and your talent is going to supersede uh, any of the headaches that you cause us. Golden State right now is 10-13. and 13. And when you're in the NBA Finals and doing this, it's a little easier to accept than when you're 10 and 13. So we'll see what happens. I think Draymond's going to use the same Draymond playbook, but at some point, at some point, it's going to be a bridge too far. This may have been that moment for Golden State. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS, if you'd like to chime in on that. We've also got a very interesting case in the NFL this year where people that are no longer playing are rushing to give their thoughts on the state of the game, specifically with quarterbacks. More of that happened yesterday. We'll talk about that as well. I'm Bart Winkler, in for Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, I am Bart Winkler in for Bill Writer today. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CBS is how you can connect with us here at the show. We're happy to be here on... Uh, I honestly don't even know what day it is. It's Wednesday, right? Uh, yeah, because football, there's football tomorrow, right, Tom? Football, today's Wednesday. We are at hump day, Bart, and we have football tomorrow. Kind of. Sort of. It, it looks like oh, football. Oh, yeah, we got Raiders Chargers. <laughs> Easton Stick and Aiden O'Connell. Um, usually when people come on, uh, where, wherever, even if like you're having a conversation, someone goes, gosh, I don't even know what day it is. I'm always like, come on. I really forgot for a minute. I did. I, and I, I, I don't know if you believe me or not, but I forgot. I forgot what day it was. I don't know. Sometimes I'm working in the evening. Sometimes I'm not working. Sometimes I'm hanging out with you. I don't know where I am. I just know that it's morning time. That, that I do have figured out. Cam Newton got to address some of his comments. He was on his fourth and one podcast. Uh, Cam Newton's had an interesting career. Uh, MVP. I think like Cam's was very good. Cam, Cam, had, you know, Cam would do things that no quarterback could do. A lot of that was because of his size, but he was also very good as a quarterback. Like he was, he was very good. Yes, he could run the football, but I also thought he was very accurate. Um, I thought he was good in the pocket when he stayed in the pocket. I thought that Cam, like I think Cam Newton was a good quarterback, and then he kind of flamed out in Carolina, went to New England. Eh, could have been better. It wasn't that great. One more little stint in Carolina was zero and five in his time there. More of a nostalgia thing. 
hasn't been back in the league. Joe Flacco's 38. He's back in the league. Cam Newton's 34. He's not. Where's Cam Newton? Where, where is he in the league? Is Does anybody want him? Is he saying no to teams? Is he demanding that he be a starter? Like, what's going on there? I think that Cam's career is looked at a lot differently if they would have won that Super Bowl. Um, and I think a lot of how people feel about Cam Newton is because of that Super Bowl. Because of how he was upset afterwards. I've always defended Cam Newton after they lost that Super Bowl to the Broncos. What happened was he went into the locker room and he gave short quotes. And so the media, who's writing the stories and covering him, was mad at him because he, he, he wasn't gracious enough to answer in, like, perfectly 18 to 23 sound bites that we could then use the next day on radio and TV. So everybody got mad at him. I don't know. There's something about losing a Super Bowl and then sticking a microphone in his face that it's kind of like, okay, if the guy's a little rattled, let him be rattled. Then again, he also should have dove on the football when there was a fumble right in front of him. So like, it's like, it's like, it's like both things, you know, but I think a lot of his career has kind of been, what the opinion has been formed based that that off that Super Bowl, but Cam Newton, we have opinions of him, and he's got opinions of current NFL quarterbacks. He discussed on his fourth and one podcast this week. Brock, let's they're not winning because of him. He's not turning the ball over. He's managing the game, and if we were to put that in its own right as game managers, Brock parody. Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really, Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's, listen, (laughs) I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. Okay. Um. Yeah, I suppose. Game manager. What we do here is we we come up with a phrase, and then we like. I think we I think we too much. It's too narrow. Like, what do we think a game manager is? A game manager is somebody who, if your franchise quarterback goes down, they can lead a team down the football field, dink and dunk. You know, maybe hit some slants, not throw many too many interceptions and score points and win a football game. One, that sounds like that sounds like someone who is successful at being a quarterback, right? Two, that also kind of did I did I describe Tom Brady or did I not? I don't know. I mean the things the things did I dink and dunk. There was one year Tom Brady threw the ball down the field a lot, Tom. That was with Randy Moss. Okay? But Tom Brady, did you ever, like, for so long, and this is the thing, too, with uh, with other quarterbacks. If you go and ask somebody who are the best quarterbacks of all time, we will say Tom Brady now because he forced that because he game-managed his way to seven Super Bowls. So it's like we can't we can't deny that it's good. And he does have talent, sure. I, I mean, he's, he is great. But we say, like, Aaron Rodgers, before we say Tom Brady, typically. We say Patrick Mahomes, who's won Super Bowls. But we're looking for guys that can hit that tight window, can make the highlight throws, can run a little bit if they have to. Uh, We say Dan Marino a lot. 
a lot of the guys that we don't say right away is, oh, Joe Montana and Tom Brady. And I would I would implore you, if you have some free time, to watch any game of Tom Brady and then watch any game of Joe Montana. Everything about them looks the exact same. They, like, play the exact same. They throw the exact same. Their their drop is the exact same. It's very similar. And so, but those are two guys that have won the most Super Bowls. And they're not as flashy as Cam Newton. They, they're not as highlight play as Cam Newton. I don't know. The whole conversation, and, and maybe it's a bigger conversation, but the whole conversation kind of gets like, I, the, to me, the best quarterbacks are the quarterbacks that win. You know, the best quarterbacks are the quarterbacks that either win or put themselves in a position for their team to win. And sometimes a flashy quarterback can do that. Sometimes it can be, uh, you know, Justin Fields the other day. He ran a lot, and that was very good. Michael Vick used to be very good at that. Cam Newton was very good at that. They're playing quarterback. That makes him a good quarterback. Some quarterbacks can't do that. Some quarterbacks need a quick three-step drop and quick timing. Some quarterbacks need to just push the ball down the field a little slower. You know, you don't have to have a two-play 80-yard drive in a minute and a half to be considered a game changer, a good quarterback, you need to just score the touchdowns. You can have a seven minute, 15 play drive and be a good quarterback. I don't know. I think like, and some of these examples too, it's like Tua's a game manager, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott's playing as good as any quarterback has really, if we want to admit it to ourselves in the last five years, Dak's playing very well. And Brock Purdy's interesting because we just assume he's a game manager and he's got all these weapons. But when you watch him, like, oh, he's actually pretty good also. Like, Brock Purdy is getting, I don't think he should be the MVP because the weapons around him are too good. But Brock Purdy is getting, he's getting like, the climb is an uphill climb for him because the weapons around him are too good and he was the last pick in the draft and we just assume he's a game manager. But if you watch him, some of those throws he made the other day were incredible. So I don't know. Again, like, like I think you're right, Tom. I don't know that game manager necessarily has to be uh, a critique or a, an insult. I think like what matters is does the quarterback know how to score touchdowns? Does he know how to lead drives? Does he know how to win? Bart, I'm so tired of the lazy narrative that you either fall in one of two categories as an NFL quarterback. You're either a franchise quarterback, and I use those air quotes around it, which means what? What does that mean, Bart? It means we as the NFL fans and the NFL community, we think you're really, really good. We don't have any way to quantify it. You want a Super Bowl? You're a franchise guy. You threw 40 touchdowns? You're a franchise quarterback. What does that mean? Brock Purdy is winning. Tua is winning. What is wrong with that? Are we going to penalize them because Brock Purdy has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey, and Tua didn't take off until he had Tyreek Hill? I mean, of course. Those are talented guys around you. They help you win football games. There's nothing wrong with being a game manager. You're supposed to manage the game as an NFL quarterback. You're an extension of the coach. It's like a point guard in basketball. It's really your main job. I'm so tired of, oh, he's not a franchise guy. Is Tua elite? Can Tua win a Super Bowl? Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. He can't be the reason that San Francisco's winning. It's only because of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like, give me a break with this. 
the uh, completion percentage on some of these guys that he's mentioning. And maybe maybe that's the problem, Tom, is that they're completing too many passes. 70% this season for Tua. He's got 3,700 yards. Purdy, 72%, uh, 70.2% completion percentage. Dak, 69%. Uh, earlier I said, I said uh, Cam was a very accurate passer. And then I quickly looked that up to be like, oh, no, am I, did I – one year he was sixty-seven percent completion percentage. Uh, one year he was sixty-five. No other year he was over sixty-one point seven. And a lot of times he was in the fifties. His career completion percentage is fifty-nine-nine. He's got thirty-two thousand yards, uh, four thousand yards one time. He threw at least ten interceptions in every year that he was a starter. I don't know. Do these guys need to throw more picks? Do they need to take more chances? Everybody's definition is different. And Cam took a team to the Super Bowl. And I think Cam is a good quarterback. And he was a good quarterback. And there were years that he was better than others. But I think, like, if you took what Cam was, if you took if you took MVP Cam, if you took 2015 Cam, I think, I think I'd rather have Dak over that. I think I'd rather have Purdy over that. We could talk about Tua. Of course you would, Bart. Of course you would. These guys are winning football games. <laughs> well, MVP Cam won 15 games. Yes, so that... MVP Cam, one year. One, and, 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 like, look, Cam was might be the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen. I'm not trying to say he's not. But if you're going to give me five, six, seven years of Brock Purdy and Tua and Jared Goff and Dak playing like this, I absolutely take that over the best year of Cam's career. Like, it's no question. Very interesting, certainly worth the debate, and it's always fun when the guys that chime in on the debate are the guys that are often debated about. That's Cam Newton on his podcast this week. 855-212-4227. Oh, I love I love when they I love when we get some fired up Tom is too. That's what I love. That's what I love. It's good stuff. Let's get an update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio. I am Bart Winkler. People call me the Bubba Sparks of CBS Sports, I've been told. 855 <laughs> I haven't heard this song in 20 years. It's one of my favorites on Rejoins. <laughs> I used to, and again, I, I don't like to be like, I always like to pretend like the Rejoin music isn't there. Like, I don't like to acknowledge it. But it's Bubba Sparks with two X's, so I think I had to. <laughs> I think I feel good about that decision. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. Via the airwaves of 96.7 in Cleveland, we go to Bob. What's up, Bob? Yeah, well, you know, I, I've been mulling over this uh, Cam Newton comment. And, uh, you know, when teams draft a quarterback, what are they drafting? They're drafting somebody to be a quarterback. You can't knock them for going out there and playing the position. I mean, you look at uh, – some of the names that, that hold this title of what you would call a game manager, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, John Montana, Terry Bradshaw. I'd take any one of them in Cleveland right now. But uh, that's like saying Jerome Bettis ain't that good of a, a running back because he's not Barry Sanders. Um, just my thought. No, good thought uh, and good way to keep us kind of on the topic for a minute. Is there, Tom, I'll bring it in here, because is there, what would you describe as a game manager. And what I said before was I'm thinking of a guy who effectively takes his team down the field, 
maybe doesn't doesn't lead his team into a lot of unnecessary mistakes. Like he might throw interceptions, but it's not going to be because he threw deep, like with his eyes closed into triple coverage. Because I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of like Brett Favre, you know, uh, and he was this old gunslinger, and it was so great. And I'm thinking like Josh Allen now. I don't think anyone would call Josh Allen a game manager because he runs a little bit and he takes chances, but then is like, is that more effective than a guy who leads the team down the field is like Matt Stafford. He won a Super Bowl recently. Would you consider him a game manager? I don't, I just, I think game manager is a phrase for someone who can't run. (laughs) I mean, that, that might be as simple as it is. I'm, I really want to, I really want an exact definition on what game manager is if we're going to talk about it like this all the time. When I think of game manager, I think of someone that's efficient, effective, and doesn't make unforced errors. I think you said it best there. It's not that they don't turn the ball over. It's not that they don't throw interceptions, but they don't make the boneheaded interceptions. They don't gamble. They take what's given to them by the defense, if that's a check down, or if they can make you know chunk plays, they're capable of doing it. Brock Purdy doesn't have the best arm. Tua doesn't have the best arm. I don't even know that you would say Dak has the strongest arm. But they make the plays that keep the chains moving. You win with them. You don't win because of them. All right. Well, then I guess who's not a game manager, Mahomes? Right. It, it's because we just make this up. We we put these people in categories. Game manager, franchise quarterback. Well, he's six years in. I don't know what he is. Last year he was a game manager. Can he be a franchise quarterback? I don't know. We just make it up, and it's pointless. I think what might be... The crux of this, maybe, maybe, is money. Because you pay a franchise quarterback $40 million. That's the rate now for a quarterback. Daniel Jones is making $40 million. You're going to tell me he's a franchise guy? He's the one that messed it all up, honestly. He's He's the one that messed it all up. And Kyler Murray, I will also say. Kyler Murray, have they won? They've won one game. Yeah, they beat Pittsburgh since he came back. Kyler Murray... I did not think I'm as as we all agree that the Daniel Jones contract is bad. And now when quarterbacks cuz what happens is now they get into the league, they play under this rookie scale and then you have to decide if you're going to extend him. And if you're going to extend him, the money that you have to pay them is 40 million bucks because that's what quarterbacks make. So you can either have a guy on your rookie scale or extend him. Uh, Daniel Jones was in that point. The Giants said, we're not going to, we're not going to find anybody better. And we're scared to find anybody worse. Although maybe they have found someone better. We'll talk about that. But so they give him $40 million. And so we say, he's not a franchise quarterback. He doesn't deserve it, but he's like, that's the time is up. Is Justin Fields a franchise quarterback? Cause the bears are going to have to make that decision, pay him or draft a guy, Jordan love. That's why this whole Packers season has been crazy. And why Monday night's game was really interesting because you've seen some games out of Jordan Love this year where he's not looked good. And then you've seen some games this year where he has looked like, oh my God, the Packers got another one. And Monday night's game was all of that, everything in one game. It was very odd. It was bad and good. So, but the Packers are trying to decide, do we, cause he's already like, yeah, it's his first year as a starter, but fifth year option, you know, time. And he's already, they, they fudge the numbers a little bit to get him paid some and, kind of bet on himself sort of thing, but they're going to have to decide he's under contract for one more year. Are you going to be our franchise quarterback? Are you going to be willing 
to get paid for $40 million. But even in that, like, that doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes isn't the same quarterback that Justin Herbert is, and Trevor Lawrence isn't the same quarterback that Lamar Jackson is. So would you consider those guys game managers? And with Lamar Jackson, like, I could argue if I wanted to, if you gave me the assignment in debate class and the topic was debate this guy's a game manager and then I get the card and who's my quarterback going to be? Oh, I hope it's, oh, I hope it's Kirk Cousins. Oh, I hope it is. And then you give me Lamar Jackson, I'd be like half the class would laugh at me and say, ha ha, good luck. But I could be like, how is he not a game manager? He drives his team down the field. He is pretty effective when it comes to turnovers. Yes, he runs a little bit, but that's part of managing the game. I mean, I'm now now I'm getting worked up. Game manager. The the part that's working me up is game manager should be something we could aspire to. The NFL could use more game managers. They really could. Cuz how many quarterbacks are even good? How many quarterbacks are even good? I've, there's this guy I talk to all the time uh, when I do podcasts and he always, his, his hot take is we need to contract the league. They say, why do you need to contract the league? It's as good as ever. It's, it's great. And he says, I understand that there's 500 good offensive linemen and 9,000 people that can play running back, but how many people can actually play quarterback and play it? Well, I mean, look at what we got on Thursday night. We're going to get Easton stick versus Aiden O'Connell tomorrow. Is that, is that good? I mean, we would, it would be the Raiders would love if Easton stick was a game manager. They would love the, uh, the, the chargers rather the Raiders would love if Aiden O'Connell was a game manager. Game manager is somebody that wins football games. To me, the definition is someone that can win games. I'll define it. Can you win games, but we can still say you're not good. That's what a game manager is. But if you're winning games, aren't you doing something that's good? So that that's where I'm at. That's that's my definition. If you want to help me tweak it or not, a game manager is defined as a quarterback that helps a team win games in a way that even if they're good or not, we can still say they are not good. Webster dictionary. <laughs> Do you, how do you feel? Do you want? Do I need to tweak that at all, or is that pretty good? I think I, I love it, and maybe <laughs> maybe I would just say a quarterback who helps you win games who does not pass the eye test, because that's what we yeah. do. We mm-hmm. do. We watch it. We watch a quarterback play a couple of seasons, and we say, "Well, he could be a franchise guy. Well, he he's not good enough. He only threw for twenty five touchdowns and and you know seven interceptions. It's not there. It's you can totally win with made the- up." You can win with a game manager. And a lot of time, like, later in these guys' careers, like, why why do they want uh, Peyton Manning with the Broncos? Why do they want a Tom Brady with the Buccaneers? Why did the Jets want Rodgers? Why did the Rams want Stafford? They're not coming in and running around and playing crazy. They're not. They're not. Their games don't look anything like Cam Newton's game looked like if he thinks he's a game changer and not a game manager, which was the, use, uh, the words he used to differentiate what he was and what they are. But they come in, they win Super Bowls because you got 25 years of experience or whatever on how to effectively win a game. I think we figured it out. And I think, well, if we're going to accomplish anything, maybe game manager isn't an insult because all these quarterbacks Cam was talking about, their teams have like nine wins. CBS Sports Radio. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.